Let's hold those up. Maybe you have an electronic device with your Bible on it. Hold that up. And we have a little thing we say each week. I am a child of God. I have in my hand the powerful Word of God. Can change lives, heal broken hearts, and make me realize Jesus is coming again. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. And look at your neighbor and say, are you listening? You can go the other side. (laughs) If you're sitting next to somebody who doesn't listen, just turn to the other person. And every husband and wife goes, hey, what is he talking about? Uh, Helen asked me about the Bennetts, and uh, I wanted to read uh, an update. Uh, If you didn't know, a um, cyclone blew into Vanuatu. Did you ever think you'd ever hear Vanuatu again? But it's on national news now. It's on world news. And that's where our little couple, uh, Katie and uh, Craig and... Uh, Elijah Bennett are there as missionaries. And uh, she had posted a video of the storm, and then that's the last correspondence we heard and got till, till today. We are happy and breathing easier this morning after receiving a three-minute satellite phone call from Craig about 2 o'clock this morning. He says that they have no power, excuse me, that they have power but no Internet. And are doing well. He reports lots of rain and wind, but no damage. Uh, internet service may be may not be restored for weeks. He also confirmed that one of the neighbor islands, Port Villa, was hit the hardest. Please continue to pray for Vista. That's the uh, uh, study group that came to them, so he can translate, help them translate the Bible into their language. They go back to their indigenous people and then share the Bible and especially for the Vanuatu people affected by the cyclone. So wanted to give you that update that they are doing okay, and uh, we, we praise the Lord for that and are grateful that they're okay. But uh, I never in all of my life would have ever, when they said they were going to Vanuatu, I had no idea where that was, and, uh, but it's over in the New Zealand area, and now to, to hear it on national uh, world news, that's amazing. Uh, but God has been faithful to them and watched over them through this time. I'm sure it's a very scary time for them. So, so keep praying for especially the people that now they will be ministering to in a different way. So be praying for them and the resources they'll need to make that happen. All right. Ever thought what it would be like to never hear? I've been blessed all of my life to be able to hear. Now, my wife says it's selective on most things. I understand that. And to some extent, I would agree with her. Uh, I never will forget when the, when the boys were little and we were wondering, will they ever sleep all night? And I got up one morning, having slept all night, and made the comment, wow, honey, they slept all night, huh? Well, for some, they did. But um, I've often wondered what it would be like to have never heard and then all of a sudden to hear. You've probably seen this video. Every time I see it, I kind of tear up. So if I do this morning, just bear with me. 
But I want to show you this video of a woman's reaction at 29 years old to hear for the first time. It'll catch up to her, I hope. You know me and technology. <coughs> Hit the start button in the left corner, Jeff. See if that does it. There it is. <laughs> it's like so close. <laughs> Now, technically, your device is on. Can you tell? Oh, that's exciting. Here, you can put it down for a second. Just get used to the sound. What does it sound like? First time in 29 years, she heard something. How long have you been a Christian? Call out a number. Think about it. Add it up. I became a Christian in 1970. It's a long time. How about you? Give me a number. Since you were 21, and you're just 23 now. That's, that's praise God. A number of years, is that safe to say? For everyone? Have you ever, can you truly say you've heard from God? What if you've never heard from Him? And you hear Him. You hear from Him for the very first time. If you couldn't hear and all of a sudden you heard and you heard God for the very first time. Whoa. The book of Revelation, John ends chapter after chapter with the words, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. It is so critical to our spiritual development that we are able to hear from God. 
So today we begin this new series called Frequency. Are you listening to God? Are you hearing from God? And so for the next three weeks, leading up to Easter, we're going to talk about this because it's really important. Because it's real easy to hear God on Easter Sunday. Everybody wears pretty dresses and pretty clothes. And everybody carries the Easter Easter eggs and and we get we have a carry in lunch here for our, after our late service. I mean, it's, that's the whole reason we come. Amen. You're eating okay. We'll have a record crowd today. Praise God. Whatever. If, if we had to feed you every week to get you to get them, I'd, okay. But even that would you'd stop coming because you'd gripe about what we're feeding you, like the children of Israel did when they were walking through the wilderness and didn't do anything to earn it. They just got it every morning, manna, right? Then they got tired of the manna. They wanted something else. So we gave them quail. Then they got tired of that. And they wanted something else. Okay, I'll give you barbecue. Oh, then everything changed. But are you hearing from God? We need to look within our lives to see what it might be. If we're not hearing, what's blocking us from hearing? Are there anything or any things that we need to be aware of that might be causing us not to hear when God speaks? Now, you may be quickly saying, well, preacher, what do you mean? I've never heard an audible voice of God say, hey, I understand that. I've never heard that either. But He speaks loud if you're hearing, if you're listening. And the reality is that we, if we could just understand how God works and be in alignment with His will, we are better able to hear from God and know how He works. And before I can truly know His will for my life and before I can really begin to tune in to what God wants to say to me, I have, first of all, got to have a relationship with Him. You see, if I don't have a relationship with Him, I can't hear Him. So I need to have that relationship with Him. I have to be connected to Him in a deepening and a growing relationship so that when He speaks, I'm sensitive to hear Him speak. Bible says 500 times and God said 500 times and God said God's in the business of speaking to his people and the question is are we listening are we tuned in today's message title testing testing sometimes you'll see them they'll start a program they'll get to the microphone and they'll tap on it testing testing trying to see if it's working Testing, testing. Where's my microphone? There it is. Testing, testing. Yeah. Want to see if it's working. And if we're tuned in, we're going to hear Him. So what I want to do today is to give you some tools to help you better tune in. To help you better hear God. To go deeper in that relationship by understanding what I need to do and what God needs me to do in order to hear Him. You know, as a parent raising children, you can talk to them and talk to them and talk to them and talk to them, and they don't seem to hear you. Can I get an amen? 
And it seems like the only time they hear you is after the vein on the side of your neck protrudes about nine feet out here and you're about to pass out because you're at the top of your lungs saying, It's so funny because then they stop. Whatever they're doing, they go, Okay, you don't have to yell. You know, it... Have you ever prayed for the death mist to pass through your home and take the firstborn? Yeah, that thought's crossed your mind. Maybe not that way, but it's crossed your mind. I know it is. But I believe before we can hear God, we've got to practice and get the basics right. If you want to improve in anything in life, you do the basics right. If you want to be a good cook, you've got to learn to do the basics right. You can't say, I'm going to make an apple pie, and then all of a sudden the, the award-winning pie comes out. You've got to make some sloppy, sorry, worthless pies. Amen? You do. You do. Some of you cook steak on the grill. I mean, man, you're better than anybody in any restaurant. But you burned a few before you got there, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, I, I love gumbo. How many of you like gumbo? And you love gumbo that Geneva makes. But you know what? We can say, hey, Geneva, let's get some gumbo tomorrow. No, it takes a little bit more preparation and planning. She's in, educated me as to how to do proper. You've got to, it's a little bit more to it, preacher, than just opening a can and pouring it in a, in a bucket and warming it up. If you want her kind of gumbo. Now, I can go get that at research right now, the other kind. And you'll eat it and go, you see what I'm saying? But I bet you she didn't learn how to do gumbo the first time out. 25 years. Dudley will never be the same. (laughs) Yeah, see, it takes time. And each time it gets better. That's the same way here. So you've got to practice the basics and you've got to let God... Begin to, 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 to listen to us. So let's, let's first of all look at three foundational truths about hearing from God. First of all, God doesn't contradict the Bible. God doesn't contradict the Bible. In Psalm 138.2 it says, I will worship towards your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. Look at how much God values His word even above His name. And so if He values it that much, He's not going to contradict it. Some people believe they have heard from God about leaving their husband or their wife. They say, preacher, they're jerks. Oh, I, you know what? I forgot about that verse. It says, I will make a commitment to my wife till the day I die unless I discover they're jerks. And then I can walk away. Have you read that verse? See, that's what we do. We try to find a verse to justify everything we're going to do. Hmm. Proverbs 16.2 We can prove we're right in our own eyes, but is the Lord convinced? Yeah. Uh-oh. Gone from preaching to meddling now. See, God is going to always speak consistently with what the Scripture says. What he said is what he meant. When he says the husband of one wife 
when He created male and female and put them together and said, multiply. That's God's plan. Not my plan. I'm in no position to change His plan. But we live in a culture that believes we can. There's a price to pay for that. Revelation teaches that. If you add to or take away from, it's not going to be a pleasant for you. So wouldn't it be better just to live according to His Word? You see, when I was a kid growing up, I would buck whatever my mother and dad said, but when I was in compliance with what they said, life went a whole lot easier. Now Derek plays football at TU and they've got a new coach. So Derek could have said to their new coaches, you know what? I don't like the way you're doing it. I don't like the way you're doing it. And so what could that new coach do then? Well, Derek, you don't play then. Right? No, you, you fall in compliance. You do what you're asked to do. And life goes a whole lot better for you when you do that. Have you discovered that? Yeah. When husbands and wives are working together as a team, oh man, it works great. It works great. It's the way God intended it to work. takes us to the second foundational truth. Number two, don't use God told me just to strengthen an argument. You know people who say, hey, God told me. God told me. God told me to get up this morning and get a glass of water. <laughs> That's good. God told me to take a shower. That's not a bad thing for to hear from God. <clears throat> There's some people that need to hear more of it. I believe God wholeheartedly wants to speak to us but we have to understand that people will use that phrase just to bolster an argument. They use that phrase to simply get their way. And a lot of time, they use that phrase to just not take responsibility for something. I was going to go to church, but God told me to stay home and play video games. Yeah, I was going to pay the bills, but God told me to take that money and go to the casino and double it and I'd give more to the church. How's that working for you? The casinos are not in the business of giving you money. Have you found that out yet? Oh, but preacher, there's going to be that one time that I really hit it. And man, the church will be blessed when I do. Amen. Amen. Exodus 20 and verse 7. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. So that's saying that God will hold us accountable for how we use His name. And then the third foundational truth is test what you hear. Test what you hear. You know, our verse we read, our memory verse, 1 John 4, 1, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they're from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Don't believe every person who says they are coming to you from God. Especially those who say, God has spoken to me about you. <laughs> really? Because nine times out of ten, what God has spoken to them about you is for somehow that to benefit them personally. These health and wealth gospel preachers drive me nuts. Because they tell you, if you will seed faith and sow this amount of money... God will bless you tenfold. So you give a hundred, you're going to get a thousand. Okay. If he truly believes that, 
If he truly believes that, then I'm going to call him from a small church and say, hey brother, we need you to seed faith $10,000 into our ministry and God's going to bless you tenfold. What do you think is going to happen on the other end? Click. Yeah, bad connection here. Click. You see, the seed faith never affects you as much as it affects them. I know I'm stomping on some toes. I know I'm ruffling some feathers. But stop and think about it. So when somebody comes and says, God spoke to me about you. Here's my advice. Run! Run for us! Run! Stay away from them. They're dangerous people. James 3.17 says this, But the wisdom that is from above is first what? Pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. You know, God may be speaking to you about me. It's like the lady that came to me. This is a true story. came to me a number of years ago. She said, you know what? I'm going to start praying that you become a better preacher. Because you're just not preaching very good. Right here in the aisle of this church, right here. I can see that happen. I can see her walking up here and telling me that. Three weeks later, she comes back and says, By golly, I think you're preaching better. I can assure you I didn't change anything. But something changed. You see, when we begin to pray for people, God does some things. God does some things. So I want to spend the rest of our time in Luke chapter 8. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 8 because it's really an important, and you've heard this parable before, but it's a great parable and it helps us tune in on how we're going to listen to God because I think there's four qualities that we have to develop. Four qualities, if we're ever going to hear from God, we've got to develop these qualities in our life. Foundational truths are there, but now it's the qualities that God needs us to develop. (coughs) And in chapter 8, we're going to pick it up at verse 4. When a large crowd was coming together and those from various cities were journeying to him, he spoke by way of a parable. The sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, <coughs> excuse me, some, some fell by the road, and it was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air ate it up. Other seed fell in rocky soil, and as soon as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and with, it, uh, with it and choked it out. Verse 8, Other seed fell into the good soil and grew up and produced a crop a hundred times as great. And as he said these things, he would call out, He who has ears to hear, well, let him hear. So the first quality that we need to develop is cultivate an open mind. <laughs> and right behind that, I want to, I want to add... An open heart. An open heart. We have to have an open mind and an open heart. But we've got to cultivate that. Isn't that a great word? Cultivate. To work the ground. To, to, to make it happen. To, to make it. To stir it up. Because let's be honest. The truth is, we don't cultivate things. Especially spiritual things. Mainly because we don't want God to say anything that would be in contradiction to what we really want to do. So you and I have a plan. You ever want to hear God laugh? Tell Him your plans. Because <laughs> we've all got plans. We get up every day with a plan. Some of you are planner deluxes. All you got to do is walk in my office and realize I'm not a planner. 
That's why I keep the door shut. I know where every pile is. I know where I know things in each pile. I'll get there. But if you come move it, I'm I'm in trouble. <laughs> but some of you can't live that way. Oh Lord, have mercy. I mean, if if the paper is crooked on the desk, you you've probably got it marked so this all. If there's a speck of dirt anywhere, and you're, you know, no, no, one hair out of place, you hyperventilate. I mean, if it's the wind's blowing, you're, I mean, you're going nuts. Because see, we want, we want God to speak to us, but we want Him to speak to us on our terms. Because we're so afraid that if we listen and God begins to speak to us, He's going to say, hey, sell it all and go to Africa. Or we'll say, He wants me to sell everything, all my possessions, and I've got to live in a refrigerator box with my family under the bridge somewhere. God wants me to give me everything. So we have such a mistaken view of who God really is. Especially if you believe that. But the Bible says what God is really like. Look at Matthew 7. And it will be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If then being evil, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to you who ask Him? You know, as a parent... You are so willing to do something that most people find crazy, and that is you will sacrifice so that your kids can have it better than you had it. You will. You'll go without so that they can have more. How many times, moms, did you want to eat, but you skipped eating because little brother little sister walked to the door and had two or three right behind him or right behind her? And you knew you had enough food planned for just your crew, and all of a sudden there's two or three more in there. And so what happens to your plate? One of them gets it. And did you gripe and complain about that? Nope, not a bit. You didn't gripe and complain at all. You ate a cracker and moved on. Because you want to make sure they get it, they have it better than you had it. And it's amazing that God loves you and me more than you, could, you and I could ever hope to love our children. He has a capacity to love us more than we could ever love our kids. And I don't know. I love my boys. I definitely love their wives. Because when I'm old, I know the boys aren't going to care about me. So I want those wives to be my best, best buddies. And then those grandchildren that they're producing for us. Oh, it, just, it just lights up Gigi's whole life. To talk about them grandbabies. She went to the store yesterday to buy one outfit for Brian because he's being born this week, right? And when she got home, she goes, look what I got. She's covered everybody's kid in jinx, I think. It's awesome. Kelsey and Braden and Beckham, they're going to need, they're gonna need clothes ever again. Because Gigi went to the store to buy it. One thing. You got it. 
preaching to the choir. And the hardest thing for us to understand is that God loves us more than we could ever hope or ask. But He does. He does. He desires for us to live full lives of hope, meaning, and purpose, to make a difference in this world and for the kingdom of God. But if I'm like the seed that falls on the wayside, and by the way, the wayside was a little path that was on a farm, on a farmer's land, and you know, people would walk on that area and it would be hard, it would be compacted, and, and, if, and, if, and if that seed fell there, it either got trampled or it would just land on top and the birds could snatch it away, and, and it never would take root. Because it had never been cultivated. And it wasn't even open to the possibility of a seed being planted. So if you want to hear from God, we can't have that kind of mindset that closed off and is closed off to God speaking to us. We've got to open our minds and our hearts to hear from God. Look at verse 6 in Luke 8. The other seed fell on rocky soil, and as soon as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture, which leads us to the second quality, and that is I need to develop the relationship. I need to develop a relationship. Much of Israel is built on limestone. There's four inches of soil, and then you hit this dense limestone. So plants will grow up about two or three inches, and when the summer heat comes or a time of testing comes, they simply wither and go away. There's no root system to anchor themselves to the ground. In fact, later in, the, in this parable, Jesus responds and explains what that meant down in verse 13. Jump down there in your Bible and see it. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root who believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. So if, I'm not, if I want to know God, I've got to deepen my root system. But let me remind you of something. It takes time to hear God. Now, I know what you think. Preachers are a different breed. I mean, God emails me every Monday. And He says, Harold, here's what I want you to do. Occasionally, I'll get a text message from God. He'll say, you didn't listen Monday. Occasionally, I'll get a phone call. That's never pleasant when I get the phone call from God. Because I'm telling you, it's not very good. It's not a very pleasant visit. Because he's usually trying to remind me of something I should have done. He asked me to do. I didn't do. You know, it takes, I've been doing this for 38 years. And I, I think I'm just now getting to understand what it means to hear God. You've got to work at it. You've really got to work at it. But you will never get there if you don't deepen the root system and hang on to who God is. Psalm 1. Drive your roots deep by the water of life. And who's the water of life? It's Jesus. So you drive it into His Word. Who's the Word? It's Jesus. You drive it into the Word. And in the Word, you're going to drive it into Jesus. And into Jesus, you're going to have the anchor system to hang on to when temptations come. Jesus said it this way in John 10.27, My sheep hear My voice, and I know them, and they follow Me. Now, when my wife Cindy calls me on the phone, she doesn't have to identify herself. She, Hi, by the way, is this Pastor Harold? This is your wife, Cindy. I've just wanted to call and visit with you for a few moments. No. She calls. I listen. She says, what are you doing? And I always think, what am I doing? I, I don't know. What am I doing? Am I doing something wrong? I don't know. What am I doing? I she'll say, what are you doing? I said, I was waiting for your call. And really, that's true. 
Because if she calls, I drop everything. Because she doesn't have to identify who she is. I know who she is by the voice that she has. Right? If you don't know that voice, you're in trouble. It's the same way it works with God. If you're talking to Him enough, you're going to hear from Him enough, you're going to know His voice. That's what Jesus said. That's why I encourage you so much to be at church. is because you're going to begin to hear from God. But if this is the only place you hear from God, you're in trouble. <laughs> what about those other six days? You've got, to, you've got to start hearing from God every day. But you've got to work at it. You've got to deepen it. You've got to spend time in the Word. Now, let's look at verse 7, Luke 8. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up in it with it and choked it out. Which leads us to the third quality that we need to develop, is that I need to eliminate distractions. How many of you have one of these? Called a cell phone. How many of you got one of these? Raise your hand if you have one. Everybody has one. Well, I ain't got one. I ain't going to have one. I ain't never going to have one. Okay, fine. But some of you got one of these. Most of you have one of these. Have you ever been able just to put it down and never look at it again? Oh, Lord, no. I'll go hyperventilate, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, they say you should just turn it off. If you go on vacation, just turn it off. If I do that, people will go crazy. Oh, I can't get home if I don't worry that. Oh, my God. Because we get so tied in to the distraction of this. That's one of the reasons why I've started holding up a real Bible at the first of our service. Because, you know, I've told you, use your electronic device, and I still do. If you don't, if you don't have one of these, at least have one of these that has a Bible on it. But the problem is, and I hear people all the time say, well, I'm just not being spiritually fed. It's because you're letting this distract you. See, if you follow the Bible on this, which is fantastic... Glad for the tool. Glad for that app that's on the phone. Wonderful tool. But there's a tendency, while I'm speaking and doing other things, and saying other things that aren't pertinent to that passage of Scripture, you're looking at Facebook. You're checking text messages. I don't know what you're doing. You're playing a game or whatever. I got you. I understand. Somebody told me this morning that they're really tired, and that they, if I look like, if I told, they said, if I'm asleep, don't, don't, don't let it bother you. I said, just lean forward. We'll think you're praying. It's no problem. Now, if the drill stain on your shirt, I can't, I can't do anything about that. But these can become a distraction if we allow them to. But one of the most therapeutic things you can do is turn the cotton picker off and set it aside. How many times you go out to dinner and watch? I mean, you're going to have, have a conversation, but one or, one or both of you are on the phone. And yet you went to dinner by yourself to talk to each other. And what do you do? You talk to your phone. Kids can sit in the back seat or the front seat and they text each other. They don't turn around and talk to each other. They text each other. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. We need to eliminate distractions. Jump down to verse 14. Jesus responds to that. He says, Now the ones that fell among the thorns and those who, when they had heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. It's a great word, that word maturity. In the Greek, it means to Come to full term. It's used often of women ready to give childbirth. All my daughters-in-laws, as I've watched them develop, getting ready to have babies, they're ready to have the baby. <laughs> it's real obvious when a woman's ready to have a baby. Amen? Good night. That's amazing. It's amazing how that female body can handle that Growth inside. It's amazing. 
Absolutely amazing. And wear jeans home after they get through with it. That's even more amazing. But Jesus is telling us and them the definition of maturity. He says, don't let the thorns of life, the choices that you make, choke it out. Three main choices. Worry, riches, and pleasure. Worry magnifies the problem and minimizes God. Riches can cause us to magnify our own resources or the potential to have resources and minimize God's potential. Pleasure magnifies my desire and minimizes God's purpose in my life. When I think about riches, rich people don't worry about money. They've already got it. Poor people worry about money. You will never see a rich person, you'll never see Warren Buffett standing in QT ready to buy a lottery ticket. You'll never see it. Ever. I love the, the last gal that won, a single mom, won that lottery. She said, I'm going to give a substantial gift to my church. Which goes back to my earlier thing. Hey, praise God. But I wonder how much money she spent before she was able to give that substantial amount to the church. And I wonder if the preacher is going to help her with that substantial amount. What if 10% of $48 million? I bet they could buy a new bus for the church house, isn't it? That's by on the church, right? Verse 8. Luke 8, verse 8. Other seed fell into good soil and grew up and produced a crop of a hundred times as great, which takes us to our fourth quality, and that is I need to cooperate with God. See, it takes a proactive faith to hear from God. And I think the most important aspect of hearing God is to make the decision ahead of time that you're going to listen to God. I think of the story of Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 when God told Abraham to pack up his family and move. Well, where am I going? He said, I don't know. I'm just going to send you. What, what, what route are we taking? I don't know. I'll, I'll let you know. You know, it took Abraham several years to actually do that. And the Bible says that God never spoke to Abraham again until he did. See, there's times when God has spoken into your life and suggested that you do something, not only suggested, but He told you to do something, and you never, ever did it. And so you wonder, why does God not speak to me? Because He's still waiting for you to do the other thing that He gave you to do that you haven't done yet. It may be years ago that He told you, go do it. If you'll go do it, then you'll start to hear from Him again. If you quit doing it and you don't do it, then you'll never hear from Him again. Exodus 24, 7, great verse. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people, and they said, all that the Lord has said we will do and be obedient. They had already determined that whatever God said, they were going to do it. And that's the kind of heart that God needs that he can speak into. Verse 15, Jesus explains that verse 8. But the seed in the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart and hold it fast and bear fruit. With perseverance. So the question today is where is it that you and I need to cooperate with God? When was the, the last time you knew that God has spoken to you and you didn't follow through and do it? Then you need to go do it. Well, they've already died. I, I, I missed the opportunity. Then make another opportunity. Make another opportunity. But I'm telling you, you will never, ever, ever hear from God until you get a relationship. 
Maybe you don't know Him as your Savior. See, a lot of people know Him as Savior, but they don't know Him as Lord. (laughs) He needs to be both. But how deep is your relationship? How important is that relationship? And so the next step that you need to take could be that first step of simply coming to God. I believe that if you will turn and glance to God, that He then rushes, rushes to you. Get that picture in your mind. God rushing to you in your moment of need. Because He's ready. He stands ready. He can't wait. But He needs us to be a part of the process. Let's pray. Father, I thank You so much for just the opportunity we have to come and to hear from You. God, I'm praying today that there will be people here that have actually heard from You that are actually ready to do more than just listen, that are ready to actually do something with their life to make it more meaningful and more full of purpose. God, I'm praying that for those that have heard from you some time ago and you told them something to do and they haven't done it, that you give them the courage to follow through. Father, I don't know where every heart is, but you do. I don't know what every need is, but you do. And so today, today, this moment, would you meet that person at their point of need? Would you reassure them of your love for them? If there's sin in their life, they'll get it out. If they haven't deepened that walk with you in some time, it's time to get restarted. That's what I love about you is that we can... We can Come in an instant and you can restore instantly what the locusts have eaten away. You can restore it. Because that's the way you are. So God, whatever the need is. Whatever the struggle is. Whatever the obstacle is. You can remove it. You can break the bondage in Jesus' name. Amen. Song of invitation. God wants us just as we are. If you have a decision to make with you this morning as we stand and sing.